afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, uh, we get uh, we get together and we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday, as we try to uh, guide everybody and help you in that journey to head back to the window. So, Scott, how did your Tuesday go? Went well, ended up sweeping the board. I know both of us had a play that we liked, plus money. We'll get to that in a little bit. But besides that, I ended up having the Heat minus one and a half. Nice second half there by Miami. And I also had the over in Bennington saves, and that went well over. So overall, very nice Tuesday. Yep, very good. I was, uh, every hockey play I gave out hit. It was, uh, it was, I, I picked every winner. And I picked, system? Uh, no, no, no system. My, my, my system, I'm a casual fan of hockey. I'm an intense fan and massive data accumulator on the other two sports. Okay. So I went three and three. So <laughs> uh, hockey plays were good. As uh, yeah, I gave out, you, you had identified the Bennington thing, um, I think, as I did, because I talked about that yesterday on Chris's show, that it was at 30 and a half. And that was just, that was a gift. I got it at 29 and a half. No, oh, it was a bigger gift. Mm. Either way, uh, if you, unless you had what fifty one, you were a winner. Yeah, Colorado tends to uh, get a bunch of shots on net. Yeah, and from what you can tell, in game one, I thought St. Louis would potentially pull off an upset, maybe make a series out of it. They got outplayed by a dramatic margin, but the Avalanche hit the post about five times. Yeah, so the Avalanche could have easily have won that game. Four to two, five to two, name the score. It's going to be tough because the Avalanche right now, there's a reason why they're around plus 170 to win the title. They're just an insanely good hockey team. Yep. They just, they are relentless, I think is the word I would use to describe that team. Uh, Andrew in the house. What up, Andrew? Good to see you. JC Stone. That's right. Scott Brothers are in the hizzy. James Mounts is here. Bennington was awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a real shame. It's like it's like when a pitcher goes out and throws, you know, seven great innings, gives up, you know, three hits, no runs, no walks, and the bullpen comes in and pukes on their shoes. Uh, it's a lot like that. You can't uh, you, you can't blame it. You can't put any part of that on Bennington. No, though. I mean, the worst the goalie that I feel the worst for is Ottinger, because he went for a game seven masterpiece on the road and lost in overtime. Bennington's masterpiece was in game one. I still think Colorado is going to win the series. I thought that it would be very close. Now I'm not so sure, but you can really look at a bunch of quality goalie performances in the postseason. That's been the story for me. There's just there's just been a lot of really solid goaltending. And it's weird because a lot of them, those games have gone over the total. Yeah. It's just an insane amount of shots these guys are facing. Well, yeah. I mentioned yesterday the two totals for the games were at seven or they started at seven. I believe they closed at six and a half and neither game was close. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll have to keep an eye and see if that actually ends up being a trend or not. So I have an over, so we're going to see, but you give me the Rangers and hurricanes five and a half. I'm going to take the over. All right. Very good. Hey, Ninja, what's up? I was actually going back and looking at some of my old, old videos and uh, Ninja was there. I think Ninja has been there since the beginning. So beginning of time. Since the beginning of time, that's right, Scott. Since dinosaurs roamed the earth, it's ninja has been hunting them. So, yes, that's right. I'll take the meteor at minus four hundred. Oh, lay the money with the meteor. That's a terrible. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible bet because you're not going to collect if you win. You could only lose. Yep. 
Uh, Andrew said he hit the Celtics first quarter because I thought it might take Miami a while to uh, get it going. Yep, because of the layoffs. Yep. Uh, took Miami plus three and a half in the game. That's threading the needle, and you got there. Uh, but choked on three player props by a total of two points, uh, two and three yesterday. All right. Uh, Big X. What up, X? I had one of my players in my comment section uh, that took. I uh, had the first two winners. I can't remember what they had, but they had, uh, and I can't remember who it was. They had a, a, over four and a half rebounds. He had four. Missed a, missed a three-teamer by half a rebound. I'm trying to think of who that would be. Tyler Hero, no, maybe? Nope. Nope. Uh, Tucker? Tucker would be more than four and a half. Well, look and see who had four rebounds. It's pretty easy. Grant Williams? Are you looking at it? No, I'm taking a guess. Okay. Grant then... Williams does sound like a good guess, doesn't it? It does. It does. Okay. Uh, and just a real Braves Brewers under six and a half. Definitely. Well, not they're gonna, at six. Definitely not going to happen. So. Well, if if they eh, if they you do, know, stranger things have happened. If they do, it'll be on cops for tomorrow. So, not the yes, bad, not the bad boys bad boys version, but the uh, you know the woo, 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 that version. What you want? What you want? What you want to do? <laughs> um. Hey, don't forget to like and subscribe. We appreciate it. Not just the guys that are watching live, although. I'm counting on all all, uh, all of you to do that while you're sitting there. Smash that like button if you would. And, of course, check out the uh, all the offerings that we have here on the YouTube channel. So get subscribed while you're there, uh, both the Winners and Winners YouTube channel and the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel. Great shows on the Max Wagers Network starting at noon. Scott, what's at noon? Oh, we're doing this again? Yeah, yeah. It's been. We're, I, not doing, I, we're not doing this again. I try to do it once a week. See if you're getting. No, any we're not going to. We're not going to do this again. All right, no. noon. It's midday money with who, Scott? We're not going to do this. Sean again. Higgs. Jesus. Sean I know Higgs. the answers. It's just we do it every week. You get. I just want to see if you're getting any better. If I'm getting any better? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've gotten a little bit better. At okay. It. All right. Uh, what else? Alley. Morning Wood. Alley at one with Morning Wood. Right. Then you got just parlays. Yep. Then you got our show. Yep. Then you have soccer. Soccer. With uh, Ar- former Arizona coach Sean Miller. There you go. And then you have. Not him at all. No, not, not him at all. Different guy, same name. And then you have game time decision. Who's on that show? Uh, that show is. That's Tim, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tim and Nick Earl and. Yeah. And in Indianapolis Jim. No. Detroit. Oh, Lenny. Detroit Lenny. Detroit Lenny. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Youngstown Lenny. Youngstown Lenny. That's right. That's I said Indy. It. You confused me because it's just a different state. I couldn't remember. I said Youngstown. So it was Youngstown Lenny. What else? Uh, Ninja should know. Ninja should be on your show for one time. We've talked Works about we've talked about doing that about having uh, having some sort of a contest. By the way, I'm still I'm still I've talked about this before. I'm still in the process of the contest right now. Okay. Um, I'm still putting together. It's still going to be really cool. It's going to be way more money than you think it's going to be. I'm just saying. Who are you talking to? Talking to the, the crowd. Talking okay. To, to, talking to our viewers. All right. That's who I'm talking to. Okay. I wasn't sure. That's right. That's who I'm always talking to, Scott. I'm always, always talking to the viewers. Except for right now when you ask me a question. Yeah. <laughs> we have any sponsors we want to talk about? Nah, I'm all right. Okay. Yeah, our good folks, our good friends over at Caesars, man. Caesars Sportsbook, they got it going on. Not just JB Smoove as their spokesperson, but they've got a great deal for first-time betters, first-time depositors. If Caesars is in your state, this is a great opportunity if you haven't played with Caesars yet. If you've got a lock, if you've got that game, 
Like, uh, what do you what are you locked into today, Scott? What's your play of the day? My play that is the over in the Rangers Hurricanes game. There you go. So if you've got the over, if you like, you're locked in, Rice, you're going to ride the red hot Rychelle. You want to bet a thousand dollars? Maybe you're not usually a thousand dollar better, but hey, you could be today because Caesars. And it's a no harm, no foul. If you lose that first bet, they're offering first bet insurance up to $1,100. Whatever you bet, you win. Congratulations. If you lose, Caesars will make it good. And it was like it never happened. So make sure you get signed up for Caesars. The code is ATSWINCCR. The description, uh, the, uh, the link and the code are in the description of today's video. So check that out with Caesars Sportsbook. Um, there you go. Scott, let's find out what happened yesterday. Let's speaking of going back to the past, let's do it. Let's check in on yesterday's action. Find out who did what. Who were the uh, who were the winners? Who were the whiners, if you will? The people that uh, took it in the shorts, the people that took it to the bank. Let's find out who you are on the hump day edition of Call Dem Cops. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get it rolling, shall we? We're gonna take a look. My goodness, I have way too many windows open. Sorry, boys. All right, Scott. We're going to start in the NHL. If you had the Lightning team total under three against the Panthers, had one goal through the first two periods. You're off to a fine start. But wait a minute. Can I interest you in not one, not two, not even a push? But how about that third goal in the third period? They finished with four. Four is greater than three. If you had under three there, look good, and then it didn't. Call the cops. And looking at baseball, if you had the Reds and Guardians under eight, it was four to two going into the bottom of the ninth. And then Cleveland scored two runs to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth. Didn't even win the damn game, but the game went over because it went to extras, and it ended five to four. Beware the even number unders. Beware the even number unders because couldn't even win the game. That's when you hate it when they like yeah. they, they came back and did it for no reason at all. Like why'd you bother? You know. And uh, hey, speaking of no reason at all, if you had the Yankees on the run line against the Orioles, Yankees led by two runs with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, nobody on. Can I interest you in a single, single, and a double? That'll score a run. The Yankees. They win by one. Congratulations if you had the Yankees on the money line. But if you had them on the run line, time to call the cops. Chapman is easily the weakest link in that bullpen, and I hate it. Please trade him mm. at some point. Who would you like to see as the closer? Uh, I thought Holmes should have been closing yesterday, but they've been using Chapman a lot recently. He's been pretty spotty, which is something you kind of expect from Chapman at this point. Basically, anybody else has been unhittable with the exception of Loisaga. But if I had to pick one guy, I'd probably go Clay Holmes. All right. Very good. From your lips to God's ears, sir. Hey, uh, there was some good news out there. There were some nice, easy wins. You didn't have to sweat it. You didn't have to worry about the third period. You didn't have to worry about extra innings. You didn't have to worry about nothing except making sure your glass was full because you had a nice, easy Tuesday night. Because why? Well, my friend, you were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the Cubs minus one and a half against the Pirates, I believe it's the second straight day we've had this on the rocking chair. They led six to nothing after four innings. And once again, it takes the Pirates about two weeks to score six runs. 
The Cubs ended up winning that game seven to nothing. Hey, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, they score a lot of runs in Colorado. Did you know that? I did hear that somewhere. Yeah, they've been killing it out there lately, and yesterday was no exception. If you had the Giants-Rockies over 11, it didn't have to wait long. They put up 10 in the first four, and uh, yeah, no uh, no five-inning heroics there as it stayed under the total. Miraculously, uh, it landed 17. Congratulations, sitting in the rocket chair. And the last one, if you had the second game of the doubleheader between the Dimebacks and the Dodgers over eight, Canadians doing 10 runs in the first two innings. That'll do, pig. Game landed 15. Mm, mm, absolutely brutal. Uh, all right. Well, let's take a look at this. Yeah. NBA got started with their conference finals yesterday. Pretty good game for a while as uh, Boston, if, if they were scoring like the Savannah Bananas, Scott, Boston would have won the game. If it was, it was a game of two halves, I believe they like to call it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was really a game of one quarter. Yeah, that's fair. Too. Because Boston won all um, the first, the second, and the third quarter. I mean, the fourth quarter. But yeah. the, th- the third quarter, they had a bit of a problem. They could outscored 39 to 14, I think. Yeah, yeah, 25-point difference there. So not ideal at all. But there was somebody that kind of led the charge for the, the Miami Heat. And uh, we talk about the second half, and that's exactly what this guy did. Scott, let's find out who it is. And uh, if you had if you had the Miami Heat, you probably already know who it is. But for the rest of you, we're going to find out together. Let's find out who it is, Scott. It's today's Gambling Hero of the Day. Take it away, sir. So we're going to go to Miami's best player, Jimmy Butler, who has been amazing in the postseason. And nothing really changed because Jimmy Butler had 41 points, including 27 points in the second half alone, as he led the Heat to an 11-point win. And, of course, the Heat were one-and-a-half-point favorites. Then with the COVID news for Horford and Smart's injury, the line closed at four-and-a-half. But when you cover that number and one of the guys drops 41, he's a gambling hero. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. He was critical, critical in that second half as they, uh, and they, you know, there was they they gave us just a sniff of hope there in the last two minutes, Scott, as they they cut it they cut it to nine, and you can see, well, maybe we get a turnover here, a missed shot, a couple of threes. But who's we? Uh, anybody that might have had Boston. I was gonna say because I had the Heat. Yeah, I know. So. Well, funny story, I ended up having the heat as well once the uh, Horford news and smart news came out but we had the uh, we had the Bostons on the uh, on the premium side before any of the injury news was announced so once again I'm not going to overreact to game one even before the COVID news and everything I just thought it was a terrible spot and it seemed like Boston simply put ran out of gas in the second half yep but it does seem like Boston might have a potential COVID outbreak. I'm not going to go that far, but it does seem like there are some rumors. A lot of players or people might have been in proximity to Horford. So maybe you'll see some type of thing happen in the next couple of days. But assuming Horford's out for the next, let's just say the next game. And Smart is maybe back at 50, 60%. If Boston goes down to nothing, do you have faith in them to win the series? Or do you think they need to win game two? Mm, well, 
I was going to state the obvious and say, well, they'd certainly be in better position if they won game two. No, I don't think they're out of it if they lose the first two in Miami. Um, this team has shown a resiliency and they've shown an ability to, you know, take it to seven if they need to. Um, I would think they're certainly, they're going to, they obviously have to steal one uh, from Miami and the ideal spot would be the second game as opposed to the seventh game. But no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's over if they, if they win the first two. I don't think it's over either. Truth is, I thought Boston actually played well, considering the the circumstance and the shorthanded nature of the team, because of the fact that Boston really just had one bad quarter, as we talked about before. It was an awful quarter, but they played decently throughout, and Robert Williams was very good. So you're looking at a spot where you're talking about how the Celtics were missing Al Horford. You're wondering how Williams would look in his first game in about a week and a half. The optimistic part is Robert Williams looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did, you know, but you found out what a difference not having Horford. I mean, not even, you know, not having Horford go nuts for, you know, 28, 32, whatever, just having him play uh, his usual game and taking up and taking up space. Were you surprised that Miami put that much emphasis on defense that um, Duncan Robinson ended up playing not at all? I would say no. We know Robinson can't guard anybody. So the real question is, when it comes to three-point exclusive players, how much are you willing to sacrifice for a little bit of an offensive boost compared to getting torched on defense every possession? Because the truth is, that's kind of what happened to Peyton Pritchard in the second half. He was involved in every pick and roll, and Pritchard got absolutely cooked for the entire second half. The same thing would have happened in Duncan Robinson. The only difference is Pritchard can actually dribble. Right. You know, that's I, I thought they I thought they might put a little more emphasis on shooting the three to keep to try to match Boston. I did not expect but, Duncan Robinson to play basically at all. Okay. Well, you were then you weren't disappointed. Well, because uh, you think about all the other role guys they have. The truth is they have Vincent, who was great yesterday. Struess is okay. Decent defender, decent rebounder, hit a couple of big shots late. And they also have Oladipo and Hero. So you look at the bench, they already have like three or four options for guards off the bench. They don't really need to use Duncan Robinson. Right. Well, but none of them can shoot like he, like he can. Correct. But all of them are better defenders than Robinson. Well, as you often say, you could be a better defender than Duncan Robinson. That is true, too. Uh, you guys really said Boston. Do we really think Boston is that much better than Miami? No. Um, Scott, Scott's been on Miami. Miami since the beginning. Yep. Yep. So no, I, I'm a little bit more under the impression that Boston has a higher upside, whether they can actually reach that upside over the course of seven games because of the fact that they might be missing a couple players again for game two, it throws a wrinkle into some predictions, but either way, I think Boston's ceiling is higher. I just believe Miami's more consistent. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably agree with that. I I would I would say especially the way they they played in the postseason so far, um, they've probably impressed me more than any team out there. As far as I didn't really expect them to go this far, or at least be as dominating as they are. I'm not. And the consistency really comes down to one guy on Boston is Jalen Brown, right? And the fact that we know Tatum is going to have a couple of big halves and struggle in the second half, you'll see a lot of adjustments because. You're not going to let Tatum beat you, but we know Tatum's capable of going for 46. 
Yep. The issue is Jalen Brown, who's the second best player. Think about how many shot creators the Celtics actually have. Does Horford count as a shot creator? Probably not. We know Robert Williams isn't a shot creator. Right. Grant Williams is a stand-in-the-corner three-point shooter. So if you're talking about creating shots off the dribble, if you have Tatum and Brown, and Brown's going to struggle half the time, then your offense might get a bit stagnant, and we saw that in the third quarter. Yep, absolutely true. Um, we're getting fairly well roasted in the comment section for being on Boston, first of all. Again, I, I've, oh, I've, been on, I've been on Miami since the beginning. I had Miami yesterday. So what are we what are we complaining about? Uh the fact that I think we're extolling the virtues of Boston and how good they are. I picked Miami to win the Eastern Conference before the season even started. Okay. Right. I'm just acknowledging I think Miami's ceiling is I think that Boston ceiling is higher. In once again. In fairness, you did like Boston to win this series. Yeah. Nothing has changed for my stance. I'm just acknowledging that the COVID outbreak for Horford definitely hurts that prediction. Yes. But I'm not roasting Miami. I think Miami is a great team. I think the series is going six or seven, no matter what. But if you're asking me which team I think has another gear, I think it's Boston. But based on what we've seen so far, they need Smart and Horford back pretty much ASAP. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's take a look at tonight's action, man. Uh, we've got this. Uh, we've got this little basketball game out west. Maybe you've heard of these teams. It's Golden State and Dallas. Uh, five and a half now for Golden State. Scott, are we getting into unplayable territory in this game? Well, it depends on which side you like. I think Golden State's going to win. Well, that's the, uh, that's looking the, at. I knew you were on that side, so I was going to say, looking at the scheduling spot, it's not as bad as the Boston spot because you ended up having an extra day off from the game seven because game one, of course, is Wednesday compared to Boston's Tuesday. But from what I've seen from the Mavericks and Jason Kidd, they're late bloomers over the course of a seven-game series. Kind of like a Ty Lue philosophy. They're willing to, let's just say, experiment in the first couple of games of a series to see what works. They'll make the adjustments, and they'll dominate. So even if you like Dallas in the series, which I know you mentioned yesterday, I believe you might agree that for Golden State to be at home with the extra time off because they beat Memphis on, I believe, Friday, I think. So they had an extra couple days off. I think Golden State wins game one somewhat convincingly, but I think the series will be tough. Yeah, Golden State uh, won that won that game on Friday. And okay. I, I do want to point out that unlike the Miami getting them at a dog prize, where I actually I, I like that team, I, I think they have a real good shot to win, I was picking the Mavs simply from a, a value standpoint. Yeah, when you're when you're climbing up in the uh, plus one ninety range or something. Well, like you can that. argue the Heat automatically had value too because the home team getting a home game seven sure. was an underdog. Sure, absolutely. But what do you think? Because I know you think Dallas has a decent price, but Golden State at home, undefeated at home in the playoffs, we've seen Dallas tend to tends to struggle in game ones. I'm gonna go with Golden State. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with the way Golden State snapped back after losing by. 39 to Memphis. I thought that was the most impressive performance of the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, that ended up being a 14-point win that really wasn't that close. That showed me that when the chips were down, this veteran team knows how to get it done and come together. Veteran team doing veteran team things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Golden State in this game, too. I think... I think my ceiling with this was gonna, is going to be six or six and a half. 
I think my ceiling right now is five and a half. I don't okay. really want to lay more than that, but I think the main story of this series, which is why I do think Golden State can give Dallas problems, they can play effective small ball defense while also being a fantastic rebounding team. And that was the main question Mark had with Golden State because Golden State in the regular season was not a very good rebounding team. And then we saw them go up against Memphis, who was the number one rebounding team in the league the entire season. And with the exception of game five, Golden State dominated the glass in pretty much every other game. And I know that Looney might not be able to play that much in this series because of the Luka switching, etc. But they out-rebounded Memphis 70-44 to in the closeout game. And remember... Memphis is the team that led, led the NBA in rebounding. Yes, they out the, the leading rebounding team by 26 in a closeout game. So I think that Golden State with Wiggins, with Draymond, with really everybody in the small ball lineup embracing the importance of rebounding, I think Golden State's going to clean up on the glass in the entire series. Okay. Do you? Yeah. I think Golden State proved to me they can rebound. Yeah, well, of course, Looney had 22. Yeah. So... You know, you're going to cut into those numbers if he doesn't play as much. Yeah, so you can cut into the 26 rebound margin. We'll say they'll win by 12. <clears throat> well, That's I, still a lot. I talked about it before. This is a team, this Dallas Mavericks team, that was led in rebounding by Luka Doncic, and he yep. had he had 11 rebounds per game, and nobody else had more than six. I think that was the main issue that I was trying to discuss trying to think for why Phoenix underachieved besides the fact that of course, Chris Paul Booker and Aiton didn't show up. But I think the main issue that I had with Aiton in that series was his lack of aggressiveness and or lack of aggression. And the fact that he really didn't do a good enough job of dominating on the glass when he was matched up against Kleber. And I feel like golden state should stick to the game plan of game six against Memphis. Let your best player shoot a bunch of threes and dominate on the glass. And I'm not sure what Dallas's counter would be. Does Dallas have a counter? What are you going to do? You're going to play Dwight Powell more minutes? I don't think he's very good. No, no. And he doesn't, his rebounding numbers when he's in there aren't that good. And he's, he's and Kleber's not a great rebounder either. No. So that's again, Gold that's why Luka Doncic leads yeah. your team in rebounding. So Golden State might be undersized, but they are ferocious on the glass. And I do think that's an element that Dallas really does not have an answer for. And I think that's going to be the story of the series. So that's actually why I'm taking Golden State to win the series. I think they'll just generate enough second chance points to win. Okay. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, somebody was asking earlier about player props. Can I think you like tonight? Some of the uh, some of the main cats numbers. Luca's uh, 33 and a half. Curry's 27 and a half. Draymond seven and a half. I can't I can't get to the window fast enough to bet the under on Draymond. I actually did a player prop podcast today. So I have three that I like. Okay. Uh, Luca over nine and a half rebounds. Uh, we kind of just covered it. Right. He's recorded at least 10 rebounds in seven of his first 10 playoff games this season. Uh, if you want to go for a dark horse candidate or an X factor, Dimwitty over 11 and a half points. Uh, he scored at least 17 in each of the two regular season meetings against Golden State and Golden State really does not have enough quality defense off the bench to guard Dimwitty. So I think he actually has a decent matchup. And Kavon Looney, under five and a half points. He recorded 20-plus rebounds. He only recorded four points in game six. He has no offensive talent. We talked about how good he was on the glass in that game. 
we're assuming he's going to play, what, 15 minutes in this game because he's a defensive liability against Dallas's three-point shooting? I think that sounds – I think the 15 to 18-minute range sounds about right, yeah. I'll take the under five and a half because unless he has a wide-open layup, he's not going to shoot. So I like the under five and a half for him as well. Okay. Uh, Rand's pointing out that Bam was off last night. Hero played good. It's in Miami's very deep. Yep, we just talked about Bam that. Bam was off offensively. Defensively, Bam was fantastic. Yeah, You're very good. Um, all right. So moving on to the ice, Scott. We had a uh, a couple kickoff yesterday, and uh, we've got a couple more tonight. We've got the Rangers in Carolina. Carolina laying a big price there at one sixty five. And we've got the uh, with the battle for Alberta. Uh, yep. Calgary, again, laying a big prize at minus 160. It's going to be a hell of a series. Should be a lot of fun, isn't it? Should be. That Edmonton-Calgary series, that's must-watch TV for me. Is that number a little tall for that opening game? Is it, could that, Which one? The six and a half or the actual line for Carolina? No, the uh, the Calgary-Edmonton spread. Uh, the money line, rather. Should, should that be more in the 140 range? Feels like it. Calgary is a team that I really liked going into the playoffs because I do think defensively they are solid. Now, Markstrom was not great in net against Dallas, and he looked a lot worse because Ottinger was on the other side. But I think 140 sounds about right. You can go through the regular season meetings, and it was tied 2-2. Two to two. A lot of high-scoring uh, high games in there. The last meeting in late March, uh, the Flames scored nine goals. So, yeah, the Flames offensively has some firepower. Edmonton's defense, we've seen, has struggled at times. But I got to give kudos to Mike Smith. He was very good in the first series. The game one, he had the gaffe with the mishandling of the puck. Had the game seven shutout. Impressive. Markstrom was pretty good, too. But for me, I do think that this game in the series as a whole is a toss-up. Because you're basically asking if they can contain McDavid. I think the reason why I like the Flames in the series is because I still don't trust Edmonton's depth. They have McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Evander Kane. That's basically it, right? Like, they don't really have any other weapons. Well, that does seem to be the group that gets most of the, most of the things done. That need I've to never done. been a real Nugent Hopkins guy. No offense to Cat Scratch Fever, but I'm not a big Nugent Hopkins guy. I think he's okay. But for the most part, I just think Calgary has more lines that are capable of doing damage. And if they can even somewhat contain McDavid or Dreisaitl, Edmonton's going to fall apart. So I'll go with Calgary. As for each individual game, I, I actually expect to see a lot of overtime games. I think this will be a very close series. Okay, very good. Rick says nobody appreciates his picks. I'm still going to listening and hitting the stupid like button. Give us Which your picks. Share the picks. Yeah. Put them out there, man. Uh, I'm sure he did somewhere. I dare you share the, share the picks in the chat box. Rick, you got to remember I'm old. And as I watch this stuff roll past, as we're trying to do like the, uh, the things as well, uh, I'm going to miss things. I, we talked about that the first show we ever did. Like if you comment, I miss it. It ain't cause I'm missing it. I mean, it ain't, it ain't on purpose. It's just because I'm missing it. So uh, apologies if I didn't see your picks. And they have been very good lately. So do pay attention to Rick's picks if he puts them up there. All right. So you have any thoughts on the Carolina-New York game? 
You know, I really like the way this Carolina team has been playing. I just, man, those it's like going to the store and discovering how expensive everything is. I just really don't want to get involved in either one of those games at minus 160. Um, I might consider I might consider taking a shot with the puck line. Uh, I'm, I'm more interested to take the puck line with the Hurricanes than I would be um, with Calgary, I, I think. But I, yeah, um, I, I, I wonder how much the Rangers have left at this point and how much that took, took out of them. For me, I was torn between two plays in that game. For my play of the day, it was either going to be the over five and a half because the Rangers are seven and zero to the over and the Hurricanes are six and one to the over right. in the playoffs so far. The other play was Carolina in regulation okay. because Carolina, I just think is the much better team. And even though New York beat Pittsburgh in seven props to them, you know, it takes a lot of, of skill and a lot of mental resolve to come back from three, one down. Right. Crosby was also dead for a game and a half. I think if Crosby was healthy, they probably lose in five, but Igor's a very good goalie. The defense is awful. And Igor has to bail them out all the time because they leave a bunch of guys wide open. Right. And Carolina's good enough defensively and offensively to generate more chances and to generate more goals. So for me, even though Igor is a solid goalie, props to them, he's probably going to win the Vezina. I think Carolina's the more fundamentally sound team. And even though they won seven against Boston, they are 4 0 at home. You know, I got a feel. I got the feeling that like Igor's watching Bennings and play, going, "Yeah, I feel you, brother." <laughs> I I'm just that. being honest. No. Igor's a great goalie, but if you watch the games, he's constantly forced to stop a bunch of high quality shots. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, all right. So for the record, uh, Rick likes the uh, the Blue Jays tonight. So and uh, and the Rays. So plan accordingly. Plan accordingly. Well, the Rays. Uh, they have a doubleheader today. Doubleheader. Rain, race get rained out? No, the race played yesterday. No, I'm just asking because they're up four to one in the seventh inning. Okay. Oh, well. So oh. I was wondering if they were playing again. They no, are not. I don't think okay. so. No. All right. All right. Good. Well, congratulations, Rick. Looks like you're uh, rock and rolling on that one. And so you got the over. You got Carolina. You got Carolina win the series. Yes. Okay. I think Carolina wins the series pretty handily. Five or six. The Rangers have some talent. Panarin, Kreider, Zabinajad. I get it. That defense is so bad. There's just so many lapses in, in just defense that I expect Carolina to generate a bunch of odd man rushes. With Svesnikov, Aho, Teravainen, they just got a bunch of weapons. I'll go with Carolina there. You, props to the Rangers and all, but I think you would agree Pittsburgh was a mediocre team. If Crosby doesn't get hurt, New York probably gets run out of the building because they were down 2 nothing when he got hurt. Right. Yeah, that was uh, very fortuitous for them, for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll take Carolina on the puck line here. I'll put a little value on it. Well, we've seen both coaches pull the goalie religiously, so if you're up one goal with three minutes to left, don't really worry about it because you should get a bunch of opportunities. But I really do think Carolina is a lot better than the Rangers. J.C. Stone talking a little bit about the Players' Championship. Um Tiger plus 6,600. Scheffler's a lock. A lock. I don't think anybody's ever a lock to win a golf tournament. Maybe a lock for top 10 or something. Tiger in 2003, maybe. But Tiger 66 to 1. I know Circa was offering 102 to 1. So you can fly to Vegas if you want to put some actual coin on it. But do I think Tiger's going to win anything? No. I mean, we talked about this for the last major. 
Tiger is a great story, and the fact that he's still playing golf competitively is borderline miraculous. Am I picking him to win a tournament? No, because he has to walk 72 holes, and I'm not sure how well he's going to hold up. Now, I will give him props. He did hold up pretty well for the first day of the last tournament he was in, Everything fell off a cliff after that, but we're just not going to talk about it, you know? The mas- that was the Masters, right? It wasn't the last yes, time. He hasn't played I'm tournament saying, since then. But if you follow the tournament, day one, fine. Yeah. Day two through four, horrible. But I'm not surprised. 66 to one, Tiger should blindly be 125, if not higher to one, in basically every tournament. Because he's played four holes of real golf, not including pro-am stuff with his son, in the last, what, two years? Year and a half? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Based on circumstances, he should be closer to like one fifty to one. Uh, what would you What would you price Tiger at? I mean, one fifty, two hundred. Yeah, it's got it's got to be somewhere in the mid ones. Um, you know, I, I I just I'm I'm with you. I just don't know how he keeps up that pace to lead a tournament for four days or to keep himself in a you know in a position to come from behind. You know, I don't know how he keeps himself close. Through four days, yeah. I think. I think, I think the best play for Tiger, if you want to bet him to lead something, first round. Yeah. Just hope he has a, a bunch of birdies in the first round, but I don't think that's going to work out either. Tiger's a great story. I'm rooting for him, but you're looking at a situation where, based on health and age, the odds that you're getting on any given tournament for Tiger are blind. Or it's just robbery in broad daylight. Okay. There's no other way to put it. You know, um, you know what? I would say that's true with about anybody else. But, you know, we saw Tiger win the Masters in 2017, right? Everybody uh, count, yes. counted him out at that point after all the back Did injuries. It 17 or 18. I'm trying to remember when it was. Uh, one of the two. Either way. So, But 66 to 1 on principle no. is offensive. No, you got you to be triple digits. Yeah, it has to be triple digits. Um, By the way, if you actually like Tiger, take him in a matchup. Hope yeah. the other guy misses the cut. Take Tiger to make the cut. There are other ways to bet Tiger at potential plus money, but to win a tournament, that's asking a lot. I don't. I do. I do like the Scheffler pick. You talk about somebody playing good golf right now. I can't call it a hot take. He's the number one golfer on the planet. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, he also won the Masters. <laughs> he's 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 pretty good at golf. Yeah, I really haven't done much research into the upcoming tournament. Uh, maybe um, if I look into it, we'll have a play or something. Maybe. But I don't really have much. Do you? No. No. Um, I'd look into Spieth. Spieth came in second last week. He's in decent form. Okay. You know, I always, I always like to look at the comp courses that they play on, you know? Yeah. So. Just saying, if you want to go based on recent form, I know Spieth's a lunatic, but he did come in second place last week. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in decent form. He's a checker or record guy. Yes, he is. Bronco Devil says he's just here for the movie and music references. Oh, you've come to the right place, my friend. Welcome back. Are my you talking friend. to me? Welcome back, my friend, to the show that never ends. Are you talking to me? You talking to me? Hmm? Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, what are you seeing in baseball tonight, my friend? Anything? You're uh, baseball. About? I know we're saving one play for later. There are a decent amount of afternoon games, of yep. course, which are well underway. Uh, looking at the rest of the cards. This is though. the portion of the show, by the way, on Wednesdays and Thursdays when I tell you all these games I really like, and then you tell me they started at 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. But, Sorry. Uh, to go through everything, I like the Astros today. 
of course, the day after theory. Uh, the Astros scored 13 runs yesterday yep. after we lost the farm with them. Mm-hmm. But you have Pavetta on the mound for Boston. Do I really need to say much more? Because Pavetta sucks. Well, you could uh, you could say that uh, Garcia has been pretty darn good with a with a sub one WHIP and a two nine four ERA, and he's on the hill for Houston. So Pavetta has just been getting absolutely destroyed. Not good. Game in, game out. We won yesterday with this team. I don't mind the Marlins again. Pablo Lopez one point oh five ERA. Gray's been okay, but the Nationals can't hit. And Miami's been really dominant over Washington this season, as they should, because Washington's twelve and twenty six. But I am looking at the Marlins there. The team's playing pretty good ball lately, and the Nationals stink. So I don't mind that. Uh, I like the over in the Angels-Rangers game. We talked about that on Total Chaos. Let me let me ask you about that game. Is Lucy finally going to hold the football, or is Charlie Brown going to fall on his ass again? Because For Dunning or for Otani? No, for the Angels, because they've, they've, they just haven't played well in this series. They lose, they lose the first one. Are they going to be able to come back in this one? With This should be a, a what looks like a serious mismatch on paper. They should. I'm just going to take the over because I believe every game that they've played up to this point, you've had a large amount of overs between those two teams. Yep. Yep. You've had good pitchers that have not done well um, as far as the starters go. Bronco Devils got a Yankees-Dodgers-Mets parlay. That's that's about, what is it, $700 million or so? Could be. All, all I know is that you have Bueller on the mound against Davies. I'm not a Davies guy. I haven't been a Davies guy for years. The Dodgers had a very like nice Ray doubleheader. They had a nice doubleheader sweep yesterday. I think the Dodgers roll. I know that Magellan was talking about six and a half for the alternative for the Dodgers against the Pirates. Mm-hmm. That might be a little bit much, but I don't mind two and a half. I think the Dodgers win this game probably by four plus runs. You? Yeah. Um, uh, it's... It's hard to get in front of the Dodgers Express right now. It really is. They they go through stretches where they are just virtually unbeatable. And scored a bunch of runs. Bueller, you're assuming, is going to pitch well at home. Yeah. Arizona is not a great lineup. Dodgers should win six two, something like that. Seven three. Yeah, none of that. None of that would surprise me at all. Um, Davies has been decent. You know, it could be a. And you've seen the Do- Dodgers where they will you know, kind of uh, screw around for four or five innings and then kind of. Uh, then they'll go for five in the sixth. About the time you think you got them right where you want them. Yeah. They explode for, for five in the, in the, in the sixth and it's over. So yeah, I'm a fan. Um, all right. Anything else? Uh, we're saving one play, but besides that, not really. You have any interest in backing Snell against Wheeler plus money because Wheeler minus one forty five. His numbers overall this season are not very good. However, you want to look at the last couple of outings and the last three starts, he's given up three runs combined in about, uh, yeah, about, was that 19 innings, give or take? Last three starts, 19 innings, three runs. Yep. So he's actually been pitching pretty well, mm-hmm. but Snell has not pitched yet this season. Right. And the Padres are the much better team. Would you gamble on Snell at like plus one thirty, or would you rather get the surer thing in Wheeler based on recent form? No, I'm, no, I'm okay. The Phillies bullpen traumatizes me to no end. Yeah, and no, I'm a, and I'm not generally a guy that likes to jump right in on a first on a first start back from an injury. It's a good price, but it is a good price. That's the thing. It, it catching catching it at plus one thirty or so, to me, that's that's hard to argue with. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't love either one of these bullpens. They're statistically almost identical. So 
I will. Uh, I'll, I'll just take the. I'll just take the plus money with uh, what I, the team I think is probably hitting the ball better better than right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. We were could pitch a gem, but yeah, you're gonna lay one forty five with Philly. I am not really I'm like not, gonna, not against San Diego. Not gonna do that, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So um, is it time? It is time. It is that time, everybody. Uh, you know what time it is. It's Wednesday. It's time to put on your good hump day overalls. Get your straw hat on. Climb aboard the John Deere. Get those keys out and fire that bad boy up because, kids, once again, it is time to bet the farm. All right. I left Man. it on I left it on the wall again. It's it's right All up, good. it's right up there. All right, Scott, I know we had a farm play yesterday. How'd it go? We ended up having the Marlins minus one and a half at, I believe, plus 125, and ended up cashing. Hey, cue the banjos. Now I feel really bad for not having my hat to be able to dance around. All good. All right, fair enough. All right, brother. Well, we got one cooked up before today. There was one game we avoided when it came to uh, talking about tonight's action, but we're going to avoid it no longer. Scott, what do we got cooked up before today's Bet the Farm? So for this one, we're going to go to the Yankees and Orioles game, and we're going to go with the Yankees. First five minus one at around minus 115. Simply put, the Yankees, of course, have been the much better team, but if you want to look at first five scoring – These teams are not even close. The Yankees are averaging 2.49 runs per game in the first five innings, which ranks tied for 11th in the league. The Orioles, as you expected, at the way bottom. The Orioles are averaging just 1.67 runs per game in the first five, which ranks 29th. And you have Garrett Cole on the mound. Last four starts, 25 and one-third innings pitched, four total runs. Jordan Lyles on the mound for Baltimore, two starts against the Yankees this season. 10 innings pitch, 6.3 ERA, not good. And the Orioles offensively have been a disaster. The Orioles have scored just nine runs in its last five games combined. We think the Yankees should do a lot offensively. True, there's even two runs might be enough to cash this because we're not sure the Orioles are going to score in the first five. But the Yankees with Judge, with Stan, with everybody hitting the ball as well as they are at this point in time, will take them to open up a decent lead early on. And with one being a push, I like those odds. All right. Very good. So that's going to do it for the farm play. And that's going to do it for the show on this Wednesday. We do thank you guys for stopping by. And thanks for not only listening and watching, but thanks for participating. We do appreciate each and every one of you talking to you guys in real time. is what makes this one fun. So everybody have a great day. Good luck, of course, on all of your plays. Hope you guys do nothing but cash those winners. But until tomorrow... We're wishing you the best. We'll see you manana on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will once again be right back here in our never-ending quest to help you guys head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.